the Tatversation. Reconsidering ideas that we hold as true. Having a little fun. Causing discomfort. Our first time through the fire swamp. AK-47. In the mid-90s, Bill Clinton signed a gun control act. It was broad and sweeping, full of holes, well-intended and reviled. I fell into the camp of the ladder. It pissed me off. I didn't have the money, but wanting to commit some act of declaration, I bought an AK-47. I couldn't afford the real ones. It was some cheap Chinese or Ukrainian knockoff. I didn't know what to do with it. Sat there in a box. Well, like most kids my age, I wasn't really a kid. I was managing my money poorly and it was tough and it was tight. And I was struggling with rent. I told my father that I was struggling. He always seemed to take a perverse pleasure to watch me struggle. He afforded him the opportunity to give me a lecture. A lecture with no means of assistance direction or path forward is just a lecture. But in this case, my, my father stepped out of his normal role and offered me assistance, or rather chose to take advantage of the situation. Well, you know, son, I'd be happy to help you with rent. Really, Dad? How's that? Well, I can buy that gun from you. So reluctantly, I sold him my object of political protest for the amount I paid for it, $400. Time went by, slowly my financial position improved and it was several years. And I inquired of my, gun, uh, my father about perhaps purchasing the gun back from him. No, I had no need for it. I thought it was cool. I wasn't going to use it. He looked at me and said, well, son, scratched his throat. I was down at the gun store talking to the fellas, which seemed to be a thing my dad did a lot. I think it's how he got most of his news and probably the source of most of his opinions. He says, you know that the value of that gun's gone up a bit, you know. I'd be happy to sell it back to you though, for $1,600. Now I was pissed, but not shocked because this is kind of how my dad operated. I wasn't gonna have it. In fact, it really 
tidied up and made clear my relationship with my father. And every few years, I'd revisit the gun. Or he would. Always in a very self-satisfied manner. Because he just enjoyed watching me twist and turn. Years later, I was getting off an airplane. I had just flown across the Pacific. Reset my phone to check and see what I'd missed. I get a message from my sister. I'm not even supposed to be checking my phone yet. I'm about to go through customs. And my father has had a massive heart attack. He hasn't been in good health for years. Obesity, diabetes, gluttony, resentment, and bitterness. A toxic brew for bad health and bad outlook. Been suffering for quite a while. On all kinds of drugs. Guy could open a pharmacy. I head home, drop my backpack, take a shower, slam a cup of coffee, go up to see my dad. He's laying there in the hospital room, terrified. My dad's not ready to take that step. He has no investment there. He never leaned into it. Been too busy lecturing other folks. My sister's in the room and the evil step monster, the woman to whom my father became married. Our former babysitter, who was then surprised to find out he had kids. My dad looks at me and he's nearly shaking with fear. Nearly. My son, these drugs they got me on, preparing for this, it's reduced what little kidney function I have left. And I'm gonna need you to give me a kidney if I can make it out of this. And going into this, I need to know that if I make it out of this, you're gonna give me a kidney. Silence. My sister, the step monster, my dad all staring at me. There has been no discussion. There's been no who who in the room would be interested. Hey, I have an idea. It was a zero sum game and we started at the end. Todd, yes or no? It's a binary consideration. I looked at my dad and I pondered for a minute and I smiled and said, well, Bob, That's quite a question. He says, do you need some time to think about it? I said, you know, I don't. I think I, I think I have my answer ready for you. He's like, well, what is it? And I looked at him and kind of smiled. And I said, dad, AK-47. You could hear a pin drop. He's like, what's that? I said, AK-47. 
a look of horror begins to spread across his face. His wife shrieks and my sister covers her mouth, trying to suppress the roar of hilarity because she gets it. So I then repeated some of my father's words to me, you know, dad, it's not personal. It's just business. And I got to think that, well, an operative kidney has to have a significant value. And I wouldn't want to give it away now, would I? In fact, you taught me that. So sure, Dad, I'll be happy to talk to you if you survive this. But the price of it is going to rhyme with AK-47. My father survived the surgery, but he never got a kidney. It was quite a struggle for him to regain the health, the health status required to be considered at his age and in his condition over the candidate. And as he slowly realized that the chances of a kidney were lessening. He took desperate measures, including having one of his legs removed because of an ongoing infection in his foot that wouldn't heal, depriving him from placement on the list. So he lost a limb. Told this isn't rare in cases of advanced diabetes, and it's quite terrible. Life continued to diminish for him. The AK-47 continued to gather dust in a gun safe. And slowly, his end approached. And knowing it, deep down, he summed me and my brother and sister and our families to visit him. He suspected it was the last time we would see him. And in his own way, he attempted to have a meaningful and thoughtful conversation with us. Now that's a hard conversation. It's filled with tension and anxiety. The room is stifled and his wife wasn't having it. Interrupting, diverting, distracting. So finally, it was time for us to leave. My family was getting ready to go out the door, having bid their farewells. And my father said, boy, I want to talk to you. I dutifully submitted, walked over in front of the television with him. I said, you still want that gun? It is painfully clear to me that this is very likely the last face-to-face -face conversation I will ever have with my father. And the topic, as always, is the gun. 
which speaks volumes. I looked at my dad and said, as always, sure, I'd love to have it back. He goes, well, how much are you willing to pay for it? It was hard for me to reach down and pull my heart up out of my shoes and say, dad, nothing's changed. I just can't stomach the thought of you feeling the need, insisting on the need to profit off me. And it speaks volumes. So if you're asking, the offer is still the same. The amount you paid for it. He looked at me and shook his head and said, man, I just got to think about that. I just can't really see my way clear to that. I said, I understand that. He looked up at me. He said, I love you. I looked at him and said, thanks. I'll see you later. I never saw my father again after that. He died shortly after her. And yet, as I consider my life so far, he has been my greatest teacher. And I've had a few. It wasn't his words. It was always the actions. Or rather, the absence of action replaced by empty words. turns out words matter, but not as much as actions. And the gift that holds us through our life is the never-ending, enduring love of our parents. Not an AK-47, or any object for that matter. I hope you found this worth your time. This is episode one of the Todd Conversation.